Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. My next guest today on the Sandro Forte podcast is Ketty Goshtaspi. She's a transformation expert who brings out what is possible in people and in organizations. Her job is to be a guide in the journey to bringing out natural talent in individuals and indeed in companies. Ketty has had an incredible journey, starting out as a securities lawyer for 14 years. And actually, we met a number of years ago, so our paths have crossed again, I'm delighted to say. Ketty was born in Iran and witnessed firsthand the revolution when she was just six years old. Despite this, Ketty says that that painful experience turned out to be the biggest blessing of her life. She's also an author of three books, a speaker, very good one too, and a podcast host. So without further ado, because I just want to fill the 30 minutes with everything we're going to learn from this wonderful lady. Katie, thank you so much for joining the Sandro Forte podcast. You're a very busy lady. You found the time. And, and not only that, because you're a podcast host, you've actually made the mistake of inviting me onto yours. So <laughs> I, I want to say a double thank you, but welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Thank you for having me. It is so nice to reconnect with you. You know, there's just some people in your life that you feel like you've known forever and you're one of those. And I don't know how else to explain it except for that. So thank you. It's a pleasure being with you again. You, you are very sweet. Thank you. Um, now, let's, let's be sure that we get uh, the formalities correct, because as I said to you before we started today, when... When one has a name like Alessandro Forte, uh, well, Alessandro Marco Forte, I've been called Sancho, Pancho, Sandra, Pedro, you name it, I've been called it. Please repronounce your name. I, I, I did my best, but let's make sure we get it absolutely correct. You did a really nice job. You probably did the best job outside of somebody who's actually Iranian saying it. So it's <laughs> Anti Okay, well, close enough. I'll, I'll take it. So uh, let's, I, I know how lovely you are and how talented you are. We're going to find out all about that in a moment. But let, let's just retrace our steps and, and talk about where it all started, your background, particularly Iran. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful country. I've had the privilege of going there many times, but obviously it has its own set of challenges. And that's the reason you and your family left yeah. in part. So let, let's just understand a little bit more about you know, Ketty, the, the, the young girl growing up, your background, how it all, how, how all this came to be and, and how you ended up in the United States. Yeah, thank you. That's a really good question. So um, as a public speaker, sometimes people just want to hire me just to tell my story, which I find so amusing. I'm like, you don't want me to teach anything? They're like, your story is so teachable just from your story. So here you go. So yeah, um, we're refugees. And up until a year ago, I thought I was an immigrant. This is a side note for everybody who cares. Um, I'm writing my third manuscript and my editor said to me, just by the way, you're not a an immigrant. You're a refugee. You didn't choose used to leave Iran. You fled Iran. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have a new label. I'm a refugee. What am I supposed to do with that label? Anyway, I'm working through that folks. But um, yeah, so I was um, born in Iran. And when we were, when I was six, the revolution hit and we weren't Muslim. 
and Muslim is fine, but we weren't. So we kind of felt like we had to leave the country. And it was um, very hard on my mother in particular to see what was going on in the country. And it was confusing for adults and children. So we packed two suitcases, like I told you before we started, and we left thinking we were leaving for two weeks. And we came out here to the United States where my mom's brothers were going to school. My sister was at Oxford, actually, so she transferred over um, afterwards. And um, we stayed a lifetime. We, I just got to grow up in Indiana. We never got to go back, and we lost everything. Uh, I just remember like phone calls my mom would make to my dad who stayed behind because we had multiple homes. He, we had a life there. You know, he was he, he was a professional there. And she just said, save the pictures, save the old pictures. I just remember this hundreds of years old pictures. And then the next thing I remember is she got a box full of these pictures and they were all stuck together. And she was crying because he just literally torn them out of the albums and stuck them together. And so these are the memories I have. But I, I got to grow up in Indiana, which was a beautiful upbringing. People were very kind, but children were mean. So I was always singled out as being different. And people were, you know, children get, get to be mean. So right now, diversity and inclusion and equity and belonging mean a lot to me these days, especially what's going on in the U.S. So I always thought I was going to save the world, Sandra, by becoming a lawyer. And this is where my audiences usually laugh because no one loves lawyers that much. Okay. Although I'm working on that because they do fulfill a purpose in the world. And so I became a securities lawyer. I loved the practice of securities law. I really did. And I got to do that successfully for many years. I was very blessed. I put myself through law school and undergrad and I had a beautiful career in Washington, D.C. I was a federal lobbyist, so I know how federal politics works, unfortunately. And then I went to the U.S. Securities Exchange Commission and I was there when Enron blew up for some of our audience. They don't know who Enron is. Don't worry about it. Hopefully you'll never find out from another company doing the same thing. And Bernie Madoff. And, and I was slowly becoming jaded with financial services. I was like, what is this? Why am I always putting a Band-Aid on everything, you know? Uh, and then from there, I went to a major law firm and I switched hats. And my clients were the big boys, Fidelity, Franklin, Templeton. It was me and a lot of men twice my age, frankly. And I was always whining and dining them. And slowly, I started to notice lawyers would come and ask me for advice. They would say, how'd you get that client? How'd you get that job? And every job I had, I didn't seek the job out. I just got promoted. People would ask me to come interview. I wasn't thinking twice about this, Sandra. I was just kind of doing my thing, right? But I was standing out and I was sharing my story apparently well. So then I moved to California because my family relocated here and I wanted to be closer to them. And I went in-house. I became investment counsel at a major mutual fund company, uh, insurance company, but I was in charge of the mutual funds. And so for those who know legal industry, that's like literally going around the circle. I have been in every area of the legal industry, but that's also where I burned out. So this was two years before the recession. And uh, one day I had spent 15 hours, I kid you not, drafting a very small piece of a mutual fund prospectus. And I went home nine o'clock at night to my lovely home on the beach all by myself, very lonely. And I opened up my mailbox and there just so happened serendipity was my own prospectus, one of them. And I took it out reflexively. And what did I do? I threw it away because no one reads that stuff. And that was my big aha moment that, oh my gosh, what if what I'm doing here has no meaning or merit for me? It was a very personal decision. And I tell everyone that because I don't want everyone to up and quit their job. But I did. Years before the recession, I just quit. 
I said, I can't do this. My gastroenterologist said, you're so stressed. Every day you go to work, it gets worse. You're going to kill yourself doing this. And I, I didn't know what else to do. So I quit. Everyone thought I was crazy. I thought I was crazy because two years before the recession here in the United States, no one was reinventing themselves. And, and especially for someone like me who had so much longevity at that time in the career and had been around the block. And so I reinvented myself. I said, there is a purpose I serve here. Now it wasn't this clear, right? I'm summarizing it in a very clear manner for the audience, but I said, I I have to be of service in a different way. There's a purpose I serve in this world. And as a lawyer, I used to go around and I asked people, we'd be working and I'd say, hey, is this all there is to life? I'm supposed to put together a hedge fund, take a part of hedge fund, put together a mutual fund, take it apart. Is this what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life? And they would look at me and go, what's wrong with you? Go back to work. And no one would engage with me in these weird conversations I wanted to have. So when I quit, um, my husband, who was then my boyfriend, still married me because he was a saint because he said, you left all that money on the table. I said, you told me I wasn't looking like I was happy. He said, I didn't tell you to quit though, but I did. And here we are all these years later, I worked with uh, an ex-Harvard litigator. I actually took a random community college course on natural talent. And it just so happened to be a lawyer. And I was like rolling my eyes going, I can't get away from these lawyers to save my life. But he really taught me. And I now teach it to others that we all have something we're naturally good at. And you don't have to turn it into a career the way I did. But you have to figure that out for yourself so that you can actually live a life that leaves you happier than not. So there's my story. Sorry if it was too long, but that's how I ended up here. And it evolved. It's so evolved. There's so much more to it, but for the most part, that's it. I I think you did a remarkable job of managing to so succinctly Uh, Well, I was about to say pack that into a suitcase because that's literally how it all started. And and on that subject, Ketty, I'm really interested in this because I know lots of people who arrive from different countries in the United States, in the UK, um, howsoever they got there. I'm, I'm interested because there's a kind of a parallel with a lot of people in life generally where they've suffered profound loss. They are really examining their life at the moment and going, you know, it, it can't get worse. You know, there you were living a fantastic life uh, one minute and the next minute living out of a couple of suitcases. So everything stripped away. What do you say to people who find themselves in a situation where everything feels like it's stripped away, where they think, I don't see a tomorrow. You know, we get a lot of people listening to the podcast that have unfortunately suffered or are suffering from mental illness, uh, who really do struggle to see the wood for the trees. What do you say to people who feel a bit stripped bare that can't really see their way forward because you, I mean, looking at your CV, you seem to manage uh, change and transformation at every turn. So no one is better equipped to answer the question than you, I wouldn't have thought. Well, thank you. Um, and, and I hope so. I hope I, the question is a profound one. So thank you for asking it because um, my hope is exactly why you're asking it, that everyone realizes that, um, a star is not born overnight and by no means am I saying I'm a star, but everything takes time and patience. It truly, truly does. And so if you're listening and you're feeling like there's no hope and how am I going to get out of bed in the morning, please do not think by any means that I'm any different than you. Those of us who look like we're doing it all have plenty of those moments. It's called being human. And what I have found, and I'm still learning this, Sandro, and everyone listening, is that 
embracing it is really the key. And just being kinder to yourself and saying, it's okay wherever I'm at. And not competing and not comparing yourself with others, I have found is critically important. So for years, I haven't looked at anybody's body of work around anywhere near what I do. And I'm not even sure people actually do what I do, but that's what I teach. I teach about people's brands and who you are and how unique you are. You know, that term has become overused, but a personal brand is just, who are you? What's unique and relevant about you? And how do you communicate that consistently to your audience? And then what's the feedback? That's a personal brand. So I would ask you all to go inside and use the F word, faith, really. And that's not about religion at all. Just knowing that you are loved, that there is a higher purpose for you than you ever would believe. I I could share story after story of things that have happened to me. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, where'd that come from? And it was only in those moments, Sandra, where I had faith and even a little bit of faith. I am always working on that. Like, Katie, you may not see the result. Just keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward. And that's what I ask you to do. Look at it as an opportunity to change and grow. And discomfort is where it's at. If you're not uncomfortable, I tell all my audiences this and all my trainings, whether it's a diversity training I'm running or whether it's a pure brand training for a corporate setting or a conference, if I am not making you uncomfortable, then I'm not doing my job well enough. So if you're already in discomfort, that's great. That means you're ready to shift and grow and evolve as a being. And if we're not evolving and changing and growing, then what is our purpose, right? Then we might as well be dead. And I don't want that for anyone because we all do have a beautiful purpose. Diversity truly is our greatest asset and strength as human beings. And I don't think we capitalize on it because we don't choose to see ourselves as unique. So if I don't see myself as diverse and unique, why would somebody else then have permission to allow me to be my unique self instead of pushing me down and saying, you're not like me, so I don't accept you right? So look at yourself as a unique being with gifts. And you may not know all the answers now. You may never know all the answers, but just take those little steps forward because you must have faith. Otherwise, what is there? And knowing that Martin Luther King said it so well, faith is taking that first step without seeing the whole stairwell. You just won't see the responses and the answers, but there's got to be that internal driver and we all have it. I just know we do. This is, this is great listening to you. I, I, I wasn't expecting anything else. Uh, to qualify and to really just um, enforce that message that you've so articulately given, uh, let's be clear about this. You truly believe, as do I, just for the record, you truly believe that, you know, in that epiphany moment that you had where you gave up a fantastic career and you, you followed your dream, your passion, the, the path that was perhaps predetermined in some ways, you believe that whilst you may not be unique, you have a unique ability. There's something that separates you from the crowd that helps you to determine a path for yourself. I mean, that's what you're saying. I, I, this is what I'm hearing. And, and the message loud and clear to those listening is everyone has it. Everyone, therefore, can create a path for themselves, howsoever that may look. Is that, is that right? Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. It's a combination of ment- mental gymnastics I want you to think about. So for a while I was confused and this is what I want to clarify. I used to think, well, if I'm special, then it's all about me and I'm being vain. So what about other people and their purpose? 
So me being special doesn't take anything away from anybody else. And it doesn't mean I'm better than somebody else. It just means I'm unique and different. And so nobody else is my competition. Everybody else is complimentary to me. And so it's a two-pronged effort of seeing yourself as special and then knowing from that specialness, you can harness a talent that you have that will serve a purpose to support other people in society, right? It literally Mm -hmm. works that way. It's a give and a get mentality. There's a lot of cliches in the world. Cliches are there, as Marianne Williamson says so beautifully, because they're real and they're aptly put and they're applied often. That's why they're said so often and why they're cliche. So that's what I'm saying. And it's based on my formal um, research, which hopefully we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Branding bootcamp, Ketty. Let's let's talk about that uh, for a second because earlier on you talked about brand. I think most people would would assume brand to be you know a website, social media presence, something kind of physical, visual in many ways. And what you said earlier was it's very much about who you are. It's much more is the, is the word ethereal, a, a bit more a bit more than just a physical presence. So just tell us a little bit about branding bootcamp and the work that you do with individuals and organisations. Yeah. So it started out that I used to work one-on-one with people like a literal coach. Right. And then I'm a good businesswoman too. So that's what I found out when I shifted careers. I'm very balanced with my left and my right brain, right. My right brain being the creative part. So I said, and people, I was turning people away and people were like, well, we want to work with you, but we can't afford it. Right. So I put, I said, okay, we'll evolve it into a group. Right. And so for years I ran branding boot camp, which is, I took my one-on-one program and I put it into a seven month program program where we cover everything from defining your brand, which is exactly how I defined it earlier. Who are you? What's unique and relevant? Because if it's not relevant, we're not going to put it out to market. Unique and relevant about you. How do we consistently convey to your audience? Meaning, do you know your audience? And in there, we work on natural talent. We work on my formal research around stress and self-confidence. So uh, 10 years ago, I did formal research at UCLA with a neuroscientist, and I found out there's a direct inverse correlation between stress and self-confidence. So as our stressors go up, and during this pandemic, it's certainly happened, right? Gone up. Our self-confidence proportionally drops. It's physiological. When that happens, your brand value diminishes, meaning you're not emotionally resonating with your audience. So in the program, we're always working on reducing people's stress and increasing their self-confidence. So the psychology of it works for them. Through the visual, we look at what are you wearing? How are you holding yourself? A lot of things that seem simplistic, but they're foundational. And especially for professionals, they're like, never thought of life that way. I had neither as a lawyer. And then we look at the audience. Where is your audience? How do we turn the picture around and deliver to the correct audience? And then communication is the hallmark of every supportive brand, right? That we learn how to communicate who we are so that our voices are heard and that we have a sense of belonging and don't feel lost. Uh, But that's the whole picture of a brand, right? It's about the person. No logo or typeface or font means anything. A business brand, I think if that's one thing we learned during the recession, and then the pandemic, none of that means anything without the people that represent it. So to organizations, when I present Branding Bootcamp, and now we've been doing it three years virtually. So for us, literally, we just went from live to virtual and we're still virtual, right? 
It's about an organization's engagement and retention. But my focus is these people are special and they need to know they're special so they feel like they serve a real purpose at work. And then, of course, then um, I'm chair of the American Bar Association Law Practice Division Diversity and Inclusion Committee. I used to chair the entire um, division, but now I just chair the committee. So I do a lot of work in the diversity and inclusion space. And when I'm hired in to train on diversity, well, when people know their brands, diversity flourishes because when I know how special and unique I am, I'm much more apt to say, Sandro, welcome. You're just as special and unique because I see it for myself now and I appreciate and respect myself for it and my brand. And now then diversity and inclusion and belonging and equity has a much higher chance of flourishing within organizations and with audiences too. So that's why I'm so passionate about taking Branding Bootcamp and this topic to, to audiences because I feel like it's my mission. Like I'm only going to live so long. I got to get out there and I got to explain this my way, right? There's many ways to the same truth, but my way. So, yeah. Is that uh, what you refer to? Because I've heard you speak and you are fantastic at what you do. Uh, is that what you refer to as branding from the inside out, uh, just as you've articulated there? Yes, absolutely. It is. It, it's it's got to be an inside job first. And so that's the difficult part, right? Otherwise, I'd be retired on a beach somewhere. Actually, I don't think I'll ever retire because I love what I do. Otherwise, what am I retiring from? But it's difficult, yeah, to look inside. So I always tell all my clients and all my audiences, I have deep respect for every one of you because you're brave, because you showed up, and because you're willing to start on the inside. Because we don't connote business with personal, right? And people are like, why are you asking me these questions? Why are you asking me to write my story and tell me, tell you what makes me happy? And I say, because 78% of everything you and I buy is not based on content. It's based on how I feel about the service provider, the lawyer, the financial services rep, the product. The products industry has mastered this, but as humans, we still don't get that the emotional value of what I'm buying is based on one emotion, and that's happiness, right? And I'm not looking for my clients or my audiences to be cheerleaders or clowns. I'm just saying at some level, do you raise people's emotions because they will stand up, notice you, and be more likely to engage and become your biggest fan? And I do a lot of work with musicians and artists for the same reason, because Music moves people and artists need the same support from me that others do. And it's just a factor of people finding comfort in being who they are. And let's face it, who's comfortable in that? My story is my story, yours is yours. And we've all had a lot of ups and downs, which we'd rather forget about, right? But we can't because it'll plague us and it'll carry us to bad places, but we take all that baggage to work. I had an instance where... A client said they had an employee the other day and they were giving them constructive feedback. And she turned to her boss and said, you're not my parent. Don't talk to me like that. You can't tell me what to do. That is clearly, and I said, you've been through my program. You saw that, right? That's a signal of her past. She's carrying that baggage of whatever happened with her parents. And it's going to just not serve her well in any job because she can't now even listen to constructive feedback, right? So that's a, that's a very good example of how it hurts us. And we don't even know it's unconscious. Everything I teach is subconscious. We're just bringing it to the surface. Mm. Maybe they're burying it and saying goodbye to it or repurposing it and having a new tagline and a new story and a new purpose. And it's so much fun when we look at it that way. When I grow up, I want to be as smart as you, Ketty, that's for sure. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> From you, I'm honored. This is like, we're just, we're just so fond of each other. We're like rolling their eyes, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't think I've ever wanted to ask anyone this question, but I just feel confident enough that you're going to uh, add some meaning to this one. And it's all about change. Now, you know, as humans, we find it really difficult to accept and adapt to change. You talk about um, living in a state of, state of discomfort. All the, reds, the the books I've read from Steve Jobs to Richard Branson to Elon Musk, I mean, they all talk about living in that constant state of disruption, feeling uh, uncomfortable. So that resonates with me completely. But how do, how do we as human beings, for, the, for us mere mortals, how do we learn to be adaptable and handle change, you know, according to, uh, a, a, according to your experience, philosophies, uh, and the things that you, that you teach the people that you work with? So, uh, fantastic question. It's all about the unseen and the unknown and being able to just sit with yourself and say, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is what I've got going on right now and I'm going to do my very best. Okay. I don't believe there's perfection, even though I am a perfectionist, I was raised by a perfectionist mother. And it's just about having self-awareness around those things, right? It's doing your best with self-awareness. That is the hallmark of what I do with people. I'm like, do you, do you own it in air quotes? Do you have self-awareness around what you're thinking, how you're coming across? And when you do, then that discomfort will carry you that, that those changes will have meaning for you because it's intentional. So every bit of work I do with clients is about an intentional branding plan because your intentions mean something. Nothing happens without the thought first leading to it. Think of an architect. An architect just doesn't have a building built. He sees it in his mind's eye. Then the plans get put on paper. Then it goes to construction, right? So everything starts with what we think. So I need everyone to embrace their version of change in very small ways by looking at it differently. Change your perspective on your views. Don't just sit there and say, I'm a victim of this. Well, what are you going to do differently moment by moment? So for instance, something about branding bootcamp these days isn't working for me. And we're getting ready to launch another round of it in October. And I said, no, we, we, we got to change something. And, you know, everyone always rolls their eyes and goes, oh, here we go again. Because I'm like, oh, we're changing things. Because I'm like, we're iterating. We're as humans, we're an iterative process, right? And so what's got to change? working on that because you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. You've heard the same cliche. That's insanity. So why would we keep doing that if there's something about it that's not working? Well, how would we find out what's not working? Just be brave enough to know that whatever you do is better than the state of inaction. Right. Literally inaction means that we're we're choosing to resign ourselves to not being a better version of ourselves. And we're iterative. It's got to go from version 1.0 to 2.0 because that's called evolution. And you and I wouldn't be here if there was not the notion of evolution, right? When, so, when, when the podcast started two years ago, just over two years ago, uh, I, I was toying the idea of them being longer than 30 minutes. And in the end, we settled on the idea that 30 minutes was probably enough time for most people's attention spans. And I'm sitting here listening to you thinking, gosh, I wish I'd, wish I'd gone for an hour. Um, so we, we might have to do a part two at some point, Katie. But um, for, for now, um, let's see if we can cram into the next sort of five or six minutes everything else we could possibly know about you. So, you know, three books, 
uh, I was pretty proud of one and I'm halfway through a second and, and, and that's frying my brain. So the fact you've written three, I, I doff my cap to you on that one. Um, but you know, the, the, the books, the, the other work that you're doing, the, all the research, like everything that you're doing, just kind of try and squeeze all that into a few minutes if you can. Sure. So if, if anybody's interested in my work, there's tons of content uh, on the business page, which is Purist Consulting, www.purist, P-U-R-I-S, like Sam, consulting.com. There's catchy GTV episodes. There's podcasts, like you said, with beautiful guests like yourself who really <laughs> teach, who truly teach. That's my goal. Uh, really, my goal is to give content to people. There's the books. So my third one is, is in manuscript form and it hasn't come out yet. But thank you. You're spurring me on. And yes, it is almost fried my brain because it's actually a different book. This one isn't on branding. It's about self-healing and really about people figuring out who they are for themselves. And it's for the mainstream audience. So stay tuned and say a prayer for me on that one. <laughs> and Branding Bootcamp. So we also do free webinars um, to launch Branding Bootcamp Cycle. So the next cycle of Branding Bootcamp launches at the end of October. And we do a free two-part seminar. This one's geared towards lawyers, but frankly, don't tell the lawyers who join. But if you just get on there and you sign up for free on the Purist um, Consulting homepage, the content applies to everyone. I've just found that certain audiences like to hear that it's just for them and that's perfectly fine, but join us. It's free content. And I do two part webinar just, to, and it's just content. You know, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm literally explaining this content two hours on the first day. And then we take a day off for you to go and do experiential learning and come back and learn the rest. And then on my personal page, katigostasvi.com, there's more content about me and really the concept there is about you mattering and who you are. And so um, I'm also, like I said, chair of the diversity inclusion committee at the American bar association, trying to bring this content to lawyers nationally and globally. And um, I do a lot of work in public speaking on the branding concept, but really about the evolution of people. And then these days, really, how do we create an inclusive workforce? How do we create an inclusive mentality where every Everybody belongs and feels like they do. And so those two subtopics, branding and diversity and inclusion go hand in hand, right? So that's where you can find a lot of content. I'm on Twitter, at Katy Gostaspi, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, certainly. And I post content constantly. Like that is my biggest thing, um, making sure people have some way of hearing what's going on. And once a month, I do a free brand assessment. So if you get on any of those social media outlets at the first of the month, I open up three free slots where we do a degree of influence brand assessment, which has $179 value. And I do it for free. Um, to the first three people who respond on social media. So if you're interested in that, wait till October 1st. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set my alarm clock, get up before everybody else. Um, it, it has, it's been wonderful talking to you today. I'm so glad our paths have crossed again after all these years. It's, it's remarkable how uh, people just have a way of reconnecting by you know, fate or, or other means. Um, but before we let you go, um, we are going to ask you one question that we asked every guest and you'll know because I know you've been kind enough to listen to some of the podcasts but let's imagine there was a younger version of you and mm -hmm. uh, and, and she'd watched from afar and she'd seen her mum let's say go through all of the life's experience that you that you've had from the, from the two suitcases all the way through to this amazing success not, not just for yourself Ketty but also for all the other success you've brought to so many other people and organizations as, as mentioned before but if she were to say to you you know I, I, what I'd love you to do is to give me 
a, a mantra, a, a rule to live my life by. If we could somehow bottle all of your great experiences and the not so great experiences, and you could give me one rule to live my life by above all others, what would that one rule be? Mm. The rule would be to go slow, have faith, have fun, and be kind to yourself. Truly, in that order. Uh, rushing things doesn't work very well because you can't create from that place. You know, I meditate every day, I journal every day. I wish I'd put that into place when I was younger. There is real meaning and merit to sitting still and going deep within uh, and not forgetting who we are and being kind to ourselves and having fun for heaven's sakes. The world is not meant to be so difficult and so painful. We make it that way because we choose to see it that way. I am still learning to have fun and be kind to myself. The faith stuff comes a lot easier these days for me. And it's it's a powerful recipe and everyone has their own version of that, but it truly is something I, I would tell myself at a younger age. Amazing. That's a great, great answer. Um, as I said before, I wasn't expecting anything any less articulate and 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 concise and meaningful and, and motivating. So um, I'm, I'm just really, really sorry that, uh, we've got to the end of time, um, it, certainly in terms of this podcast. And I, I really do hope we can organize it so that we can do a part two and just do a bit more kind of deep diving into uh, the, the joy uh, and, and the experiences you bring to so many people and the success you help people achieve. Uh, I do really encourage everyone listening to check out this wonderful lady. Um, she is talented and, and, and that's with a capital T. So, uh, Ketty, um, thank you so much for joining us once again on the Sandre Forte podcast. Please continue to do all the amazing things you're doing for so many people. And hopefully if not in Iran, then certainly in Indiana, a place that I love very much, we will get to meet again in the not too distant future. I would love that. Thank you for having me, Sandra. Appreciate it. Well, what can I say? I, well, I think you all agree with me. What a wonderful, wonderful guest Katie was today. Um, just a remarkable lady. Do check her out. And remember, of course, and I know you've heard this before, but I do have to remind you, we've got a new guest joining us every week to share their own insights into achieving success or overcoming life's challenges. Uh, and Katie, as we've heard, has done a bit of both. Please make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends, your family, colleagues, anybody who's prepared to listen. Follow us on Facebook. It's at Sandra's Podcast. Don't forget a little S in the middle. People still forget after two years. And let us, or Ketty, indeed, know what you thought. If you'd like to email us with a question, it's hello at sandrospodcast.com. Please leave those reviews on iTunes. Don't forget, we're now on Spotify as well. And do connect with me on Sandro Forte Twitter and the real Sandro Forte at Instagram because I get very sad and lonely if people don't connect with me as well. So thank you again to Ketty. She was a wonderful guest, I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, to all of you listening, have a great uh, week and we look forward to connecting with you again. Same time, same place as usual next week. <laughs>